It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. Who they think you're gonna beat them bangles? It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Bengals get off the schneid, win their first game of the season, and things are feeling good in Cincinnati because not only did the Bengals win, but so did the Miami Dolphins and Washington, which means the only two-win team in the NFL at this point is the New York Giants. Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, has a history of not trading back of picking players like Saquon Barkley. They picked Daniel Jones last year, and they have staked really the future of the franchise on Jones. It would be surprising to me if Gettleman decided to trade back. And it would be uh, surprising to me if the Giants pick a quarterback. So all things considered, looking good for the Bengals. Washington still has to play a couple of those teams too. The tankathon for everybody but the Bengals continues to look muddy. The Bengals avoid the winless season and still are on track for that number one overall pick. Andy Dalton finishes the game after a really nice first half. Kind of not the best stat line at the end of the game. He goes 22 for 37 for 243. Only 6.6 yards per attempt has the one touchdown as the Jets kind of locked down in the second half a little bit. The Bengals went conservative in the second half a little bit, trying to milk the clock. Joe Mixon only goes for 44 yards on 19 carries, averaging just 2.3 yards per carry. Had some runs that were just stuffed immediately, took some tackles for a loss that weren't really his fault. The offensive line did struggle a little bit in run blocking, but the Jets have a very, very good run defense. So that should be no surprise. Mixon had a few really nice runs, converting first downs, had a few big gainers, had a touchdown as well to salvage his fantasy day. I thought Joe Mixon actually played a really nice game. For the receivers, Auden Tate, seven targets, four catches, 66 yards, continues to be a highlight reel at the wide receiver position. Tyler Boyd caught Andy Dalton's only touchdown pass of the game, which puts him ahead of Ken Anderson for the Bengals' all-time touchdown pass record. Good for Andy Dalton coming back. Also sets the Bengals' franchise record for completions in this game. That one was on a little dump-off to CJ Uzama, who was targeted often in this game, had six targets for five catches, 51 yards, and dropped really a should-have-been touchdown that 
didn't end up coming back to haunt the Bengals too badly as they end up winning the game, but that is a difference of four points in your final score. But the story in this one was really that the defense played an incredible game, their their best game of the season by far, and this was the first time they really got to play with much of a lead all season. The Bengals come out of halftime with a 17-6 to lead and pitch a shutout in the second half at one point. A few drives into the second half had only given up three total offensive yards to the Jets. And if you include penalties, I think it's negative yards. So the Jets' first few drives of the second half go minus 10 yards, minus 2 yards, 0 yards, minus 4 yards. So that's a total of minus 16 yards on 1, 2, 3, 4 drives. One of those results in a safety on a hold in the end zone that Andrew Brown draws on a nice little pass rush where he dips around the corner and Kelvin Beecham is holding on for dear life. So that's 2 points and minus 16 yards given up by the Jets offense there to start the second half. So a really strong start for the Bengals defense. The last two drives of the game for the Jets go a combined 21 plays for 87 yards, an average of what, about four yards per play. That means that the Bengals overall give up less than 80 yards in the second half in what was really a pretty dominant performance. All those yards coming with less than five minutes or so in the game, maybe seven minutes in the game, and a 16-point lead for the Bengals. Some individual performances worth highlighting today. I thought that it was another solid game for Nick Vigil at linebacker. William Jackson was picked on a little bit. Robbie Anderson beat him a few times, but he was a very good tackler. Came up on a really nice tackle on a screen screenplay. Got a tackle for a loss. But Carlos Dunlap, the player of the game for the Bengals on defense, has three tackles for a loss, three sacks, a tip pass, six other QB hits, just an absolute tear against a pretty bad right tackle for the Jets. Chuma Adoga, who had been starting for them, the rookie from USC, was injured and didn't play. Sam Hubbard added a sack and a few pressures as well, had a tackle for a loss, dropped into coverage several times early in the game. Geno Atkins also had a really nice day, had a lot of good pass rushing snaps, had some good pressures, ends up leading to a few sacks that he didn't get himself, has some run stuffs on the game, so a nice game for Geno Atkins. And really the entire defense, you can't give enough credit to the way they locked down this Jets offense, which has scored 34 points the last three games in a row, held to only six in this one. The Jets fall to 1-5 and five on the road. The Bengals, now 1-5 and five at home, coincidentally, get their first win of the season. Special teams, last note of the game here. Randy Bullock, again, continues to struggle on long kicks. 1-for-2 from 40-plus, missing 1-from-48. Badly wide right, makes 1-from-47. Kevin Huber has two touchbacks, which is unlike him, but also pinned... The Jets inside the 23 times, including the one where he pins them at the two. The Jets have a holding penalty for safety. Leads to five points for the Bengals off the foot of Kevin Huber, delivered by the rest of the Bengals' defense. And then the offense gets a field goal after the free kick. Brandon Wilson had a nice game as a returner. Didn't break off anything terribly deep, but gave the Bengals good field position on one of his attempts. He did have a muff as well. And so did Alex Erickson. Erickson... But Darius Phillips back really 
would like to see Phillips get some more of those punt return snaps going forward. But the Bengals win. Zach Taylor's mission for getting Andy Dalton back into that starting lineup accomplished. All right, so before we get into the rest of the game, the Bengals did win this one. Miami also won. Washington also won. So the Bengals are still one game clear of the New York football giants who do play a lot of those teams the rest of the way. Miami, I think, plays Washington and New York to finish their NFC East matchup this year. So this game in Miami still matters. And you can go get your hotel room for $149 a night at a luxury Miami hotel 10 minutes from the beach, 20 minutes from the stadium, where you're going to go to the game on discounted tickets too. Go check out the Locked On Bengals Twitter page for links to $149 per night at, at the Kimpton Epic Miami Hotel. $149 for a luxury hotel for the big game. And we also have a deal for you. Friends and family rates on tickets starting at just $35. Club seats at $85 and lower bowl at $90. Go check out the Locked On Bengals Twitter account for the details on those sweet, sweet deals. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. So we're going to go drive by drive this week and take a look at what happened. In case you missed the game, partially because I have limited time today, partially because it's just me Partially because we never really go drive by drive and give you a recap of the game if you didn't see it or if you've forgotten about things. So I've got notes for the first half here. In the first half, first drive of the game, the Jets' first drive goes six minutes. I thought they ran the ball really well, had good success on first and second down, had a lot of third down conversions, but they stopped themselves big time on this first drive and settle for a field goal in the end. Darnold underthrew Robbie Anderson for a should have been touchdown. That ball almost was completed anyway. They also had a drop on the drive that was pretty bad, but I thought the Jets offensive line really for the first part of the first half, at least was winning and they were running the ball very well. It seemed like both running backs, Bilal Powell and Le'Veon Bell were falling forward for four plus yards after contact driving guys downfield, but they got away from the running game a little bit. So going back to that first drive, the Bengals put Sam Hubbard in coverage, straight up coverage twice. There was a time, maybe the first drive, first play of the game, Second play of the game, one of the first few plays of the game, he's lined up over the right slot, ends up dropping into zone. Darnold dumps it off to Le'Veon Bell, who drops it in the middle of the field, and and 
Hubbard comes in. He would have been the guy to get the tackle on that play. And then later on a third and short, Hubbard is responsible for the tight end in the flat. And obviously just is not a guy that you're going to expect to win one-on-one matchups and coverage and was in coverage generally a whole lot in the first half. This really setting a bit of a theme for the rest of the half. But like I said, Braxton Berrios had a drop, very deep crosser, cover two sideline hole, puts the Jets in the third and seven. Bengals drop eight into coverage. They're only rush three. They keep the ball in front of them. That's what the defense is designed to do on third and longs. And the Jets kick a field goal to go up three to zero. The Bengals started the game rocky on offense after putting, before putting it together for the next few drives. The first drive of the game, the very first play of the game, Tyler Boyd gets behind all the Jets in coverage in the middle of a cover two, wide open in the middle of the field, behind the the trailing linebackers in the cover two zone, I believe. And Andy Dalton puts one high, doesn't put enough under it, doesn't lead Boyd downfield. Could have been a touchdown, I think, with a good enough throw. But as it was, it ends up probably going down as a tough catch, maybe drop for Tyler Boyd. A lot of people on my Twitter mention said Tyler Boyd needs to catch that, right? And I say, yeah, sure. But even if he needs to catch it, it's just another example of the deep accuracy issues that we've seen over the years from Dalton. That being said, Dalton's arm strength was immediately noticeable. And if there are any questions lingering about whether Ryan Finley can be an NFL quarterback, I think this game should answer them. Ryan Finley's arm just does not play in the NFL. And that's immediately apparent on Dalton's very first completion of the game which goes to CJ Uzama, who had a very active first half. I think he had five targets, had one drop we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Going into the end zone, this should have been a touchdown. Bengals end up with a field goal there. But regardless of that, the very first throw Dalton makes goes to Uzama on a little seam kind of play, short seam. Uzama goes for a first down, but the zip on the ball to get it to Uzama, give him time to turn up field before the defender can close, is just noticeably different. And Dalton has an average arm, right? So, This is the first place you notice, all right, this closes the book on Ryan Finley for me. If it wasn't closed already, if you're holding out any hope, this should do the same for you. Third down and four, Dalton runs into a little bit of pressure on his own. Uh, There's some pocket push up the middle. The interior offensive line is in his lap a little bit, but there's a place for him to step up or just take a small adjustment left, find a passing lane, get rid of the ball. Instead, he kind of runs out to the right, slides right, Bobby Hart, loses contain and it's not on Bobby Hart here this is on Dalton Henry Henry Anderson is the uh, left defensive end for the Jets there who's just outside deep shouldn't necessarily be part of the play but Dalton runs into him a little bit ends up scrambling to the right can't find anybody and throws it away so the, the Bengals punt and it looks like kind of you know this is what we're used to this is just another day in the office Jets get the ball back on the second drive Jets offensive line continues to win, but on third and short, the Jets drop back and the pass rush is working for the Bengals in the first half. Carlos Dunlap wins on a bull rush, pushes, Darnold knocks him off balance, he goes down for a sack. That's a punt. Bengals second drive of the game, the run game gets going for them outside of the shotgun, out of the shotgun, especially Mixon busts off a few chunk running plays. A play action, double move from Boyd against bracketed coverage. Jamal Adams stays home. Dalton's throw, though, really doesn't give him a chance. It looks like he's kind of throwing the post, and Boyd maybe had an option there and ends up running the post corner. Regardless, Jamal Adams has good coverage. The throw falls harmlessly incomplete. 
Jamal Adams never sees the ball in the air, though, which is why I say the throw doesn't give Boyd a chance. They're not on the same page there. That doesn't end up mattering too much, though, because Dalton hits Boyd on the far hash outside numbers. Another throw Ryan Finley can't make, by the way, for a third down conversion before firing an absolute dart into a cloud of Jet defenders to set the Bengals franchise record for touchdown passes, passing Ken Anderson at 1 minute and 12 seconds left in the first quarter. Go check out Sam Green's Twitter page for a really good photo of a really good pass to set a franchise record. Cool moment for Andy Dalton and the Bengals. They go up 7-3. to Jets get it back on the third drive of the game. The first quarter wraps up on this drive. Jordan Evans and Hardy Nickerson on the field at linebacker. And on one play with them on the field, Jordan Evans tracks down Le'Veon Bell in the flat to get a tackle. That's a good stop. Uh, First and 10 play goes for three yards. Good play for Evans there. Pass rush continues to win. The run D continues to lose. But the Jets keep giving the Bengals chances and end up with some penalties in the first half. Give up some sacks. The Bengals end up getting the ball after the Jets punt in Jets territory. They start with a misdirection screen to Joe Mixon, who runs through some tackles. Uh, But the blockers didn't do a whole lot. Still, probably the most effective screen the Bengals have run in weeks, maybe 10 weeks. I'm not sure exactly, but it was completed. This pass ties Ken Anderson for the completions record for the Bengals. And then the Bengals get into, a, I think, a third and short. Mixon cuts back across the entire offensive line the entire defensive line the point of attack is plugged up but picks up the first down on a five-yard run on a really nice cutback I think Mixon is actually having a really good game through the first half Andy Dalton then on the next play passes Ken Anderson for the completion record he was in the middle of an eight completion streak here on a naked rollout dump off to CJ Uzama doesn't go for a ton of yards but was a record-setting throw nonetheless for the Cincinnati Bengals leads to eventually CJ Uzama Uh, After a really nice third down conversion to Tyler Boyd, dropping a surefire touchdown on third and goal, totally uncovered. Dalton maybe can put a little bit more air under it, take a little bit off it, but as it is, Uzama's got to catch that one. After Yuzo drops a touchdown, the Bengals settle for a field goal. The Jets come out running heavy and it works. Bilal Powell and Le'Veon Bell both picking up big yardage, going for a first down, and then the Bengals get the Jets into another third and two. Pass rush doesn't get home this time, which for really the first time, I want to say, in the first few drives where the pass rush doesn't get there when it looks like it's a sure passing situation. And maybe there's some thought there that the Jets run for it on third and two. But Darnold takes his time, finds Robbie Anderson in the middle of the field in front of Jesse Bates, who's playing center field and a trailing William Jackson for a big first down. And then they follow that up with a huge screenplay. Goes for 35 yards, 25 yards, sorry. But there's a block in the back of the point of attack right at the catch point. Kelvin Beecham got Carl Lawson in the back, and Lawson was kind of there to make a play, so it does impact a play, but ends up as a net minus 35-yard penalty. That's a huge penalty that really, again, the Jets shooting themselves in the foot there. And then William Jackson makes a really nice play worth talking about driving on a wide receiver screen that forces a third and 20, and then the Bengals easily get off the field. The Bengals come back after Uzo dropped that touchdown pass, go right back to him again, catches a few nice passes on this drive for first downs, including one play where right after Dalton overthrows Tyler Boyd and Brian Poole almost picks him off diving for a play, he escapes the pocket left and floats a really nice pass outside of structure down the left sideline to CJ Uzama for a first down. They then take a deep play action shot to Tyler Boyd, who draws an easy defensive pass interference as the defender never finds a ball. 
Tyler Eifert then has another drop, second tight end drop for the Bengals in the end zone in this game. Could be two touchdowns for Dalton to tight ends. Instead, this one's a drop on my favorite throw to Tyler Eifert, which is where you throw it high to Eifert over the defender's nameplate when you see the nameplate. Uh, this one ends up as a drop for Eifert, though. Should have been a touchdown. Again, didn't end up mattering too much. The Bengals aren't punished for their mistake as Mixon runs in for a touchdown that was really well blocked, especially on the backside by CJ Uzama, who helps open up uh, the cutback lane for a touchdown. And Joe Mixon follows the blocks patiently and finds a lane for the easy touchdown. The Jets' last drive of the first half, their fifth drive, they end up with one more drive than the Bengals in the half. They have a penalty on the kickoff return, which puts them back to the 10. Robbie Anderson, again, open middle of field this time, beats trailing B.W. Webb on a, I don't know if it's a post or an um, intermediate crosser, but easy, big chunk play. Quickly gets the Jets out to the 30. They convert a third down near midfield, but the Bengals end up keeping the ball inbounds pretty well on defense. They force Adam Gase to burn his timeouts with his last timeout, actually, with 25 seconds left. And they actually might have gotten out of it with no points allowed. Um, Dark Wesnard couldn't find the ball in the air until it was too late. Ends up batting the ball down with his trailing hand. Could have had a pick there. It was a badly, uh, badly behind pass from Sam Darnold. Ends up falling incomplete. Then Sean Williams misses a tackle on Demarius Thomas. And Demarius Thomas ends up being able to run out of bounds. Stops the clock with uh, 15 seconds or so there. So the... Jets could have scrambled to get their field goal unit on the field, but in instead the Jets get one more shot, end up taking a field goal anyway. 17-6 at halftime, and the Bengals are looking dangerous. We'll wrap up with the remainder of the game in the next segment. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out. The nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. 
And the best part is, at my bookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use promo code locked on to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in two hundred dollars, they'll match you with another hundred dollars in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. All right, so let's get into the second half here. Not nearly as interesting or as exciting as the first half, but it started out fairly intriguing. It kept my interest at least through the third quarter this week, and the Bengals, of course, go on to win this game. Spoiler alert, if you didn't already know that and you're halfway through this podcast, you skip the first five minutes for one, and I don't know what you're paying attention to on the other hand. But starting out in the second half, the Bengals get the ball their fifth drive of the game, get the ball out of the half. They start moving it well. Really nice completion to Tyler Boyd to get into a second and one to start out the drive. But then eventually they get an Auden Tate call for a block in the back. Really questionable holding penalty at best. It takes away an almost touchdown for Joe Mixon off a little shovel pass. And then on the ensuing third down, the Bengals get it into third and manageable, but the ball comes out too quick with too much heat. Tyler Boyd just can't find it in the air, and it should have probably been a third down conversion, but Dalton and his receiver not on the same page after three weeks apart. Sets up a 48-yard field goal attempt for Randy Bullock, and guess what he did? He missed it way right, way wide right, never had a chance. And my disdain for Randy Bullock as a kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals continues, and it doesn't really matter until they're contending, but Randy Bullock in the long run is going to lose his team way more games then he wins. He made a field goal later. I don't care. It's the same distance, same side of the field. But you can't have a guy who you can't rely on to make field goals inside the 50-yard line. And they just don't kick him beyond the 50-yard line. Bullock now 5 of 7 or 6 of 8 on 40 to 40-yard field goal attempts on the season, including the one he makes later in the game. So the Jets get the ball back. They run the ball up the middle twice for nothing. Adam Archuleta, who's calling the game for CBS, points out that the Jets keep trying to run up the middle. They had some success there early. They got some push early in the game, but they didn't test the Bengals outside. And that's where they've struggled for much of the year until the, really the last few weeks. Maybe this is something to do with Dark Zanar being back. Maybe this is Carlos Dunlap playing better, being a little bit more healthy. Maybe this is Carl Lawson returning and playing a whole game. But eventually the Jets have a false start. They go into third and 15. I noticed Darius Phillips on the field for the first time in the game on defense. And the Jets run this little shovel pass against a coverage designed to keep the ball in front of them. They have three down linemen, a huge gap. Jets have a perfect play call on, but they get a Jets offensive lineman for a holding penalty. And it was really a pretty dangerous block. Uh, the Jets, I think it was a right guard, pulls comes out and gets on Brandon Wilson. And Wilson left the game with an injury, I think, after this play. And it's a cut block, but the offensive lineman kind of grabs his foot and pulls it. And, I mean, with the full weight of a 300-pound man in pads running full speed, getting his shoulder into the lower leg, pulling on the foot, that's a recipe for an injury. And I think that is a play that Wilson went out with an injury on. So you hope he is okay, nothing too serious for them or for him, sorry, haven't heard yet what the extent of the injury is. We'll have to probably find out on Wednesday. But it's a dangerous play, and I'm glad they called it for a penalty, and that leads to a Jets punt. Bengals' sixth drive on offense of the game. 
They come out running for negative yards. The undrafted wide receiver, Damian Willis, can't keep his feet in bounds. And it was generally not a day to remember for the undrafted receivers, Damian Willis and Stanley Morgan. I think Morgan just isn't running his routes quite crisp enough, not getting out of his brakes fast enough. And as a result, the timing with Dalton is a little bit off. But regardless of that, there is a conversion. He finds, Dalton finds a on Tate coming out of a, a very clean pocket, and I want to reiterate at this point that Dalton had a very clean day in pass protection, probably the best pass protection of the season that we've seen from the Bengals, and he finds on Tate sitting down in the zone for a third and 14 completion, another nice throw, another nice pocket. Dalton really had a fairly good game, especially in the intermediate and short parts of the field. He did have some accuracy issues deep. Regardless, the, the drive ends up not going very far uh Dalton throws a comebacker to Auden Tate not really Tate's strength he wants the high balls that use the side not low balls that let the corner make a play on the ball and that's what happened on that play second down second down Dalton kind of just throws one into the ground maybe he had some confusion amongst the wide receivers and then they dump off to Geo short um end up fourth and two round midfield they line up in a hurry to go for it try to draw the Jets off sides end up taking a delay of game and then end up punting. It's a really nice punt. It's down to the two, but I would really like to see the Bengals going for it from these parts of the field. When you're around midfield, you have fourth and short. That's when the analytics tell you to go for it. And we didn't see that today from Zach Taylor a few times. And if there's going to be any criticism of the team in their first win of the season, I would say that's kind of where I'm starting. The seventh Jets drive of the game, Andrew Brown draws a holding penalty in the end zone. After a false start to start the drive, Kelvin Beecham holds Andrew Brown coming around the corner, and it's pretty obvious. He's reaching across the body, grabbing the opposite shoulder pad as he's been run by, and that leads to the safety. It's, I think, the first safety for the Bengals this year. Maybe it's the second, and I'm forgetting one. Uh, But that's uh, two points. Two points in the ball for the Bengals after a really nice punt and special teams play from the Bengals. The Bengals' next drive after the free kick after the safety starts from about their own 40. Joe Mixon takes a nice run on second down. Andy Dalton scrambles for a first down, has a really nice throw to Auden Tate before the Jets really get their only sack of the game, their only real good pressure of the game. Steve McClendon on a run action play. The offensive line is all sliding right. Trey Hopkins is trying to hand McClendon off to Michael Jordan, and I don't know if it's on Hopkins, if it's on Jordan, if their blame is shared, but Jordan never picks up McClendon, who just splits the two offensive linemen, gets into Andy Dalton's face pretty quick. Um, The Bengals then are in second and very long. The Bengals uh, then on second down get a quick little dump out to Mixon, who drags linebacker for the Jets Burgess about seven yards after contact or so. Pretty impressive individual effort from Mixon, but that just sets him up in third and 11. A little check down leads to a Randy Bullock field goal from 47 that this time he makes, and I'm not going to praise him for it because that's just what should happen. The Jets come back out. They try to throw it three times. Bengals get pressure on all three plays. Darnell throws incomplete. Bengals get the ball back. This is the last drive of the third quarter. I think the Bengals only take like 40 seconds off the clock here. They had some incomplete passes. They had to burn a timeout with one second left in the third quarter because they couldn't get a playoff, and it's a very quick, nondescript drive. Ninth drive of the Jets. Offense in this game, Bengals get a sack. 
get the get the Jets off the field. The pass rush with a lead with those guys healthy is working the whole game. The defensive line really ate well for the entire game. This is where it gets pretty disinteresting. The game's essentially over at this point, and it just took forever to finish. The Bengals get the ball back. They have the ball on a third and four. A bad snap leads to a really ill-advised throw from Dalton who scoops it and tries to just float one out to Geo in the flat. Geo got hit really hard in the head or neck area. I think it should have been an unnecessary roughness penalty for a hit on a defenseless receiver. It didn't get called. You hope Geo's okay. He, I don't think, he did come back into the game. I think, now that I now that I think about that again. But you still hope that there's nothing lingering from that play. The Jets get the ball back. Um, they have some nice movement. Le'Veon Bell gets matched up with Jermaine Pratt, picks up some yards. Uh, they have a holding penalty, but then Sam Darnold finds a cover two sideline window to Robbie Anderson, who is really the only player to make any sort of noise for the Jets in this game. It was a lot of Darnold to Anderson. Nothing else was working. The pass rush, though, continued to hurry Darnold for the entire drive. Most of those throws go underneath until um, the Bengals accept the holding penalty. Instead of taking the fourth down when the Jets are going to go for it, they push him back to third and 11. Robbie Anderson again wins an in-breaking route. Jets convert, but then a coverage sack for Carlos Dunlap. His third sack of the day at this point. Really nice game for him. The Jets offensive line committing a ton of holding penalties. Like I said, the defensive line generally had a great day. Eventually, the Bengals get into fourth down. This time, William Jackson wins against Robbie Anderson. Maybe could be called pass interference. Jackson never turns and finds the ball. But instead, he gets credited with the pass breakup. And the game kind of ends out with... um, the Bengals trying to bleed the clock a little bit. The Jets calling some timeouts as if they have a chance to come back in the game. Uh, the Bengals eventually punting. Four minutes left in the game. The Jets try to go down and score. And there's still pressure. Andrew Brown, unfortunately, gets hurt. Sam Darnold, unfortunately, gets hurt. And then Sam Darnold pulls in Andy Dalton and throws it away on fourth down. And that is the last offensive play of the game for the Jets. The Bengals kneel down and win. 22-6. to Another fine effort from the defense. Offense obviously looks a lot more functional with Andy Dalton out there and they will try to carry momentum forward and you can't even feel that bad if you're rooting for the tank with the win because as we mentioned earlier in the show, Washington and Miami also win. Now the competition is with the New York Giants who don't trade down historically. So even if they end up with that first pick, they'll pick somebody like Chase Young or a running back or something because that's what Dave Gettleman does. Good day to be a Bengals fan, getting off that 0-16 stink, setting some franchise records for Andy Dalton, even if you don't like the guy. Good for him for some career achievements. Get a win. Don't sacrifice draft position. That is what you call a win. So until next time, Bengals fans, I'll be back tomorrow take a look at the PFF grades, take a look at what Zach Taylor and Andy Dalton had to say after the game. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.